the concept is if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? So if you don't pose the question even to the universe, mm-hmm. the answer is always no. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, bro. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Marshall Mind Podcast. I am Ryan. I'm here with Ed and John. And we asked ChatGBT to come up with kung fu questions, and we're going to talk about our favorite one and answer it. Stick around. Yeah, when I was trying to think of what we wanted to talk about today, I uh, got the advice from Sifu Leo to use ChatGPT for my business. So I was like, let me see how – because I never used it before. This is like literally my first foray. So I just typed a rundown of like, hey, you know, like we have a, a, a podcast. We all train Shaolin Kung Fu. There's three of us. We like to have deep, meaningful conversations and like – and talk about um, different kinds of topics and mm-hmm. all relating back to Kung Fu. And, you know, could you pose three different questions Um Related to what our normal topics are, that mm-hmm. we went, that might spark discussion between the three of us mm-hmm. on the show, and two of them, it's pretty cool. Two of them are pretty much what we talk about all the time, anyway. Mm-hmm. But the third one was interesting. If we can pull it up real quick, our favorite one was Shaolin Kung Fu has a rich history of integrating spirituality into physical training. How can the practice of mindfulness and meditation within martial arts lead to profound spiritual development and a deeper connection with oneself? Um, and I think this is uh, an aspect of things that is probably the most difficult thing to learn. You know, they say the internals is the hardest to learn because you really yeah. are wrestling with you. And it's just so min- – especially with movement, it's so minute. But at the same time, I think this is a point that we can all miss. I think we spend a lot of time, the three of us especially, like beating ourselves up for like not being where we want to be, not training enough, not – um, accomplishing certain things that we want to accomplish, potentially not living up to what we think we should live up to, you know, not um, being as disciplined as we want to be, when really all those things become easier if you can kind of look inward and kind of form a better relationship with yourself, which is the aspect of the training I feel like is lost on um, people who just fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're just in it for the fight game, I, you see it coming back around though because now it's everybody's got different they have their yoga and they have their meditation and they have their jujitsu and they have their Muay Thai and it all goes together when it all exists under one roof mm-hmm. in a, in a good Kung Fu school. Mm-hmm. So I think it is very interesting though that I think martial, I think, I think we have spoken about this a lot that martial arts is a great kind of tip of the spear for integrating spirituality into a physical Practice, practice, because because because, but that can because it, it can come through in many areas. It can come through in art. It can come through in um, sports. It can come through in really any sort of physical endeavor. I think though, those other endeavors outside of art, maybe, but other physical endeavors, I think, require more of a holistic perspective on it. Outside of just like thinking of like winning or like fear or like like not not as much of those kind of like base level wants or those base level reactions i think um there there is something very interesting with martial arts and again there's a spectrum to all of that there are you know good good and bad kung fu schools that that integrate the internals and the externals properly um but i i definitely think especially in our school in our system there is a a great spiritual element to it and 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 the spiritual element for me is not just i i I take a, a a somewhat more holistic approach to to what that means, it's not just like physical is punching and spiritual is standing there and breathing. It's like for me, it's also just me understanding 
me having a great understanding of myself and my growth and where I was and, and, and where I'm going to be and, and my interconnection, my, 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 the interconnectedness between me and you guys and everyone who's around me and how my growth affects those other people and their growth affects me and kind of that interplay of, you know, the physical and the spiritual and, and it's, and so it's not just like physical stuff, meditation, like there is kind of this more, um, I don't know. I, I think it's to me the the spirituality of the training has much more to do with has much more to do with the the interpersonal part of it and the introspective journey on top of the actual um, what people would consider the spiritual part of kung fu, which is like tai chi and meditation and mm. and you know sitting posture and standing posture and things like that. So, John, what's spirituality to you? What does what's that mean? Spirituality. I think it's um an important way that I kind of. Uh, think about spirituality is self-awareness and um and just kind of like uh being able to to be conscious enough to be aware of your actions and like within you know reality or life and i I guess that's kind of like the overall gist i get from spirituality is kind of like understanding the self to a point where you could think beyond the self um right so so kind of like identifying with yourself as a consciousness outside of just i I think your physical being or like seeing yourself in other people uh, yeah maybe yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what is spirituality to me? I'm trying to I'm trying to articulate it. It's not it's not exactly happening right now. It's like, I mean, understanding that there's more to what. Oh, it's a we complex, confusing topic, you know. Right, it's, but it, for me, it's like understanding that there's there's more than what we can see. You know, there's like okay, that's a good way. There's more say than it. just like it's being aware that you are part of a bigger picture, essentially. Yeah, and not to be conflated with religion, too, because spirituality and religion don't necessarily have to be so intertwined with each other, I don't feel like. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I feel like religion is, like, a set of rules, and then you believe in, like, all these rules and these doctrines, Mm. and when spirituality can be a little bit more personal, a little bit more kind of like how you're feeling and what's what's going on inside of you as you connect deeper with your... Deeper? (laughs) As you connect deeper with yourself, you know? Um, No, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. Um, I think also even to that point, spirituality also doesn't always need to be conflated with the like religion isn't spirituality; it's different. And it's like, look at my drug rug sweatshirt, and it's just like drug it, rug. And it, but it's like, and it's like that where it's like, no, 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 it's like different with crystals and all this stuff. Where it's like that could be an element of it, one hundred percent. But it's it is. I think, and I think. This is kind of what I was getting at when we were when we were talking. Uh, yeah, well, there's, I know I know I know what you mean. There's like this that, this new wave of like culturally appropriated spirituality where they pick, t- pick and choose the bits that they like from like lots of different religions. It's like that's who the um the caricature of Aldous Snow is um in uh in forgetting Sarah Marshall when she's like yelling at him for like all his different tattoos from because like, she's like, was like that one's Indian that one's Buddhist like what do you fucking believe you know what I mean like oh, is that Russell Brand's character I think it's Russell Brand's Aldous character Snow. yeah Aldous Snow yeah because he's like he's just like a pom- the character is just like a pompous ass yeah. who has all these different tattoos and belief systems of all these different. Uh, different like re- religions and nations that have nothing to do with one another and he's just like oh, it's just kind of like how I feel you know what I mean and it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. but it's all bullshit and they don't actually believe anything right and, and but you did mention before with uh, with religion having like sets of rules and doctrines and being a very limiting thing and like I've kind of been been thinking about religion in a different way recently in, in a more spiritual sort of way that in the Bible I, don't, I really don't think it's a legitimate story and I don't think it's like 
a, a rule book. You heard it here first. The Bible is but... illegitimate, according to John Gordon. <laughs> no, no, it's but like it's not. It's not meant to be. Viewed. I don't. I don't think it's meant to be viewed as a plot from like a beginning, middle, and end. I, I think that it's all metaphors. You know, there's a lot of meaning behind. Um, even like looking at the story of Cain and Abel, you know, God didn't think that uh, that Cain's sacrifices were le- were um, legitimate or genuine, and so he's not rewarded. And so, I think there's something important about you know legitimately uh, sacrificing and and compromising, and and those rewards come back to you. And through Cain's jealousy, he killed Abel, and and so that's like there's a real powerful meaning behind that, and it's not really meant to be a story of two characters. It's necessary, like, it's it's more or less the meaning behind the story than the story itself, you know? So that's kind of the way they've been looking right, at as, the Bible. Right, as, as if not seeing Cain and Abel as two literal people who literally existed and literally did those things, but more as an right. allegory for what um, what jealousy will do to you and how you'll be viewed kind of by God or by, um, you know, th- this universal consciousness or how things will then treat you if you're not genuine with the things that you're doing. Right, like right. if you're only doing a favor for somebody because you know they'll do a favor back for you. Right, when you're acting selfishly right. and not willing to give to give, you know, like – <laughs> didn't mean to repeat that, but it's kind of the way that came out. You know, well, no, I, it's, it's, I, I get, I get what you mean. You're not, you're not willing to, you're not giving just for the sake of giving. Right. You're giving, giving in order to receive. Right. right. Looking at things spiritually and having that self awareness and and viewing the Bible and religion as more or less not a story with a beginning, middle, and end, but as a series of metaphors that are, are kind of you're able to look inward and understand more about yourself and and your psyche by measuring the meaning behind those stories. So that's kind of I like the way that. I've been I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So John finally said something good. I'm trying, no, man. Because John <laughs> sucks most of the time. Always say, John's always like, doesn't talk for like 20 minutes and says like the most concise thing. Like he's just been so loading like, what yeah. his response for the past 15. No, I'm, I'm buffering, dog. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm in a constant state of buffering. <laughs> just to set spinning Mac wheel. Just like. <laughs> the wheel of death. Yeah. No, no, that's the rainbow wheel. Just the, the one that's oh. just like, you know, when things are loading. Then it's over. Then you just got to throw your MacBook into the river. <laughs> yeah. Find a river, throw it into it. But Ryan, what does spirituality mean to you? I think. And you are, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, are you not a religious person? I know you got your family, your churchgoers, and um, I'm I would say I'm more of a kind of more again on the spiritual side of things than on the sp- specifically religious side, technically. But but it's hard. I mean, it's you know I feel like I maybe have some type of relationship with kind of God and Jesus on the on that side of it, and you know kind of the angels and saints. But it's it's not a very like strict. You know, like my parents have like a. Especially my mom has, like, a very, like, strong relationship with, like, Jesus. Like, she has a very, like, you know, but for me, um, you know, I, I kind of was, you know, we went to, you know, we went to church a lot when we, when, when we were younger, me and my sister. And then as we got into high school and college, that was, that became clearly a lot less, close to zero. And then once I, then I started at Kung Fu and then I kind of moved more and branched out into more of a kind of general spiritual understanding. And to that point, and it's also specifically John's point, the way that I look at spirituality is is again kind of through the realm of it has less to do with kind of these rules and regulations and it has more to do with a state of mind and state of being and how you um, both treat and perceive yourself those around you and the world around you I yeah. think I think is really is really what's important um, and I think that's why martial arts especially is such a good um, kind of like you know kind of like tip of the spear area for that because it um, it forces you in such a very um, 
concentrated way to look at yourself for you to improve like it is. And again, that is true with other things, of course, any other any other avenue or things like, you know, uh, sport, art, uh, art form, discipline, uh, skill that you want to learn. But I, I just find with martial arts, it, again, it is such a concentrated piece of like, like, like it is like. Yeah, just such such a concentrated form of what all those other things have kind of under the surface. You know, it is just like this, just really trying to achieve supreme skill for yourself and overcoming your past self. And, and it just, you are laid out to bear in such a, such a vulnerable way if you allow, if you allow yourself to be. And that is really where the true kind of growth within martial arts, both on an individual level and, and a martial level comes from. Um, and I think kind of, you, you know, through that process, you become aware of yourself. And it I think that's kind of... I think raises your one of the ways that kind of I feel like your consciousness level actually gets raised is you being first more aware, understanding and accepting of yourself. And then kind of something similar to what you said, um, and this is kind of the way I took it is then, you know, through being more um, conscious of yourself and, and of your conscience, then you are able to impart that same cur- that same um, courtesy and understanding of consciousness in others. Right. Every and drop in the see, pond causes ripples. Yeah. You and know? you and you can see you can see yourself in other people. Like there's so many times like I've become much more understanding over time of where I see people and I'm like, yeah, you know, like of course I can get mad about them. And sometimes of course I'm just like, you know, you, see, you know, someone cuts you off on the highway and you tell them to go fuck themselves because you like, you know, you spilled something on your pants on the way to work and it's yeah. like, yeah, that happens. Of course it happens. But, I had a pastor once that was like this reason in God that didn't give us superpowers like throwing fireballs because even me in traffic, I'd be murdering people left and right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, you, you feel those things. I, you know, I don't think that there's any one emotion that's a problem. It's when those mm. emotions start to run away with you and I think that's the point of the monastic lifestyle is to kind of separate yourself from environments where you're going to be distracted by those emotions. It's not so much killing those emotions, mm. you know, like, but you, you, they, you know, you, you adopt a monastic lifestyle and kind of give yourself to the temple so that you can see what life is like without these worldly distractions and then really focus on looking inward and connecting with whatever you think source may be Mm -hmm. or obviously if you're in a monastery then there's obviously a very defined idea on what that source potentially is you know what i mean like but at the same time you want to die but we're taking we're we're taking we're taking pieces of that lifestyle and incorporating it into the regular every day yeah so it's like sifu would always say like you know like when you walk through those doors you're walking into the shaolin temple so you have to you know you walk in and and you need to be not pious but like you know I, I feel like things I feel like everybody starts that way and they come in and they want to be like this and then all of a sudden they're themselves when they're on the training floor but the the more you can kind of center yourself and kind of learn about you and conquer your um, reactions to things sure. start responding instead of reacting yeah. that comes I think through the spiritual aspect of the practice because you see lots of people who get really into physical training and really into mm. martial arts and they become monsters right you know, fucked up people end up leaning towards martial arts a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People who have issues, people who are looking for answers, people who need to change their lives and make something of themselves. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent one of them. You know, like I had a lot of issues that I dove into martial arts and not like it cured them, but it made made me mm-hmm. a better person and it made me more able to deal with those issues. And I think for me that is that's where that approach to spirituality is not just again like crystals or or like nirvana or god or it, it so much of it is as I think and again I have a very baseline keep a selenite wand in my pocket yeah. at all times, yeah. you know. Like like I have I have such a super basic understanding of like 
like someone like Jordan Peterson's idea of spirituality, which for me is, again, this very like more like close to home, like grassroots understanding where it's not like physical world, spiritual world. It's like, no, it's like spiritual world is kind of like, again, it's like metaphor and allegory. And like, we are these things that we talk about and it's all inside of us. And it is this like attaining the highest good. And like, 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 like that whole aspect of like improvement and like, and, and, um, looking to something for the, you know, looking to the ideal as mm. a, as a, as a modicum for something to shoot for and having that thing be something that's good. Perfect example. Um, like again, like kind of merging that with like what you were saying about the temple, that's also why I think that like a martial art, you know, martial arts and, and our martial arts school and the martial arts school in general is something that, you know, once you kind of walk through the door, you see, if you allow it to, how you act in the martial arts school, it's the school kind of showing you maybe gaps and areas that you can improve upon outside of the school. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me, like, you know, and I think everyone's probably like this, you know, the level of respect that we have for our teachers can sometimes not always pass back to like our parents or our loved ones in a way that probably should be. You know, and mm. again, and again, I am. That's a deep point. That yeah. really is a deep point. Yeah, like that's something I, I literally, I literally had that thought yesterday. I was at, and I remember, and I said it to myself. I was talking to, I was talking to, uh, you know, Sifu about about uh, cleaning. You know, like helping helping cleaning, and just were immediately like, oh, what can you help with? Can you help with anything? And like me thinking about going home, and like at times, like my mom asking for help with something, and I'm like home from a hard day at work, and I'm like, can I just fucking just sit for a sec? Just give me a, you know, and I'm frazzled, you know, or and I'm like, and don't get me wrong. I am not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm someone that like, you know, you know, I try to help out at home. I love my parents dearly. I tell them, I tell them so often. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, any way I can help them. You know, but, but, but there is that. You know, it just, it, 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 it was a, a, a kind of a looking in the mirror moment for me where I remember I, I, I had that thought and I walked up for and I'm like, I can't fucking, you know, I, I need to have, I need to have the school, I need to be in the school outside of the school. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I need to be in the school outside of the school, and that's something that I need to work on. And again, it's not—I'm it, not talking a night and day like "fuck you, mom, you piece of shit." And then like in the school, I'm like, "Hi, I'm Itofu. How are you?" Yeah. Like, it's not like that. It, but just those moments. There's those... a lot of that that goes on too. Oh, oh, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of that that goes on. There's there's a lot yeah, of people yeah. out there who yeah, pretend to be bullshit. something that they're not. Fucking grifters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But 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 it, it it's yeah. I just I and, and this is something that I think I have I have wrestled with at certain times in the past, but I. Think think recently it's it's become very kind of i don't know uh you know it's kind of just lined up in in my maturity to think about it and my ability to kind of intake it is is that idea of like i need to bring that i need to bring the temple with me when i'm not at the temple in the sense of my mindset towards other people my mind and again i I would say typically i have grown quite a lot in that area and i think we all have you know and our and our ability to you know self-understand self-love self-respect and then trying to bring those things carry those things out into the world from the temple, you know from the school or the temple and to to allow as much of that courtesy towards other people as we can in a way that is both um allowing for allowing for there to be a room for understanding communication while also having that martial element of be of self-respect and self-defense and not getting mm. walked over i think that is the real beautiful line that martial arts toes is is being as peaceful as possible knowing how to do damage and knowing how to be violent so that you don't have to be and that you try to avoid it mm. but while still having the confidence but that but that knowledge of self-defense and violence allows for a certain level of confidence and self def- and self-respect to not be walked over or to not let others be walked over it's also so really difficult good. to achieve that not to step on your sentence but it's also, no. so, also so difficult to achieve that skill you have to kind of have some kind of pride in yourself mm. so again it's about you know, getting a healthy relationship with the ego instead of letting the ego run wild on you. You yeah. can't kill your ego. That's not 
a yeah. real thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a danger as well to watch out for because sometimes people are looking for a spiritual place. They're not religious. They're looking for kind of a spiritual home. And the same thing happens in churches where it just becomes really cult-like because you know, you're clinging to answers yeah. and you're clinging to meaning and you're clinging to something that makes you feel um, more full than you had felt before in your life yeah. and all of a sudden this place and this person who's providing this space and who's like ah oh, the grand master and the great teacher yeah. and you know you see a lot of these people and like whether whether or not they can fight whether or not they're martially skilled it doesn't make a difference because you can still be really martially skilled and also be really manipulative and oh, yeah. kind of use people yeah. um and so there is something like as a student looking for a school something to watch out for is to you know take everything with a grain of salt which is also why we have so much respect for our teachers because they're just who they are yeah they don't try to hide anything you know they're not going to like like tell you their life story the second they meet you but you know as, as somebody who's known them for a decade like that's yeah. who they are that's yeah. who they are who you see online and who you see in interviews and who you see like that's just who they are yeah yeah the, the, i have to say that is one thing about them is that like from what I've seen of them outside of the school and getting to experience them outside of the school and in the school there is not this like they walk on the phone they're like hello hello how are we doing blessings many blessings to you today like they're just like motherfucking goddamn it like, like, yeah. like sometimes <laughs> they'll have bad there's days there's a time for like, everything yeah. there's a time for everything that is a practice and you yeah. can't just exist like that and it's a facade to believe that, that even a monk you know, like even a Shaolin monk is like this all the time, and he's never just like taking a hairy shit one day, just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why the fuck is this my life? We don't even have baby wipes here. This place sucks. This is fighting you know, for his life like, back there, man. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> this has like some bad bok choy one day in the middle of the temple kitchen that's got left out for a little too long, and next thing you know, he's having a hard fucking time second guessing his life yeah, decisions. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Praying to the porcelain god, and it's like we all go through it. And that's what that's what makes us human, and like that's that's like kind of like the hilarity of the human experience. That's why I think we are who we are as people who yeah. like kind of joke about everything and see it for how funny it is. Because like Jenny, Jenny and I were having a deep talk the other day, and we were talking about meaning, mm-hmm. and you know we just went through everything that we went through, and, mm. and you know like it, it's it's uh we're, we're we're sitting there talking about meaning, and I'm like nothing means anything. Mm-hmm. She's like, what do you mean nothing means anything? I'm like, nothing. Everything's made up. Everything's made up. Everything you see is made up. Houses, made up. TV, made up. Lights, made up. Cameras, made up. Mm. Monogamy, made up. Polyamory, made up. Mm. Religion, made up. Everything. Every fucking language, words, sounds, noises, who we are, t-shirts, made Mm. up. Everything is invented. Nothing exists and nothing has meaning unless you attach Mm -hmm. meaning to it. Nothing means anything except for the meaning that you give it. Right. So that's to me what spirituality is, is realizing that like it's everything is just like existence is kind of hilarious. We're like bacteria living on a grain of sand floating around a fireball. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any fucking sense. The the atmosphere just stays in Mm -hmm. just because, you know what I mean? (laughs) Just because. Oh, the planet's core, it's made of iron, and it makes electromagnetism that like keeps like energies in that keeps the gases in so that you can breathe. Uh, what? That's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, really think about that. That's insane. Yeah. Google how fast and the we, Earth is moving. And we can't, we can't find another planet like it. Mm. At all. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, the amount of space that we've searched is, like, I heard a good analogy. It's like taking a glass of water out of the out of the ocean and being like, yep, no fish. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I checked everywhere. Yep, no, no fish. I you checked know? all in this glass. Yeah, no so, fish. so it's right. like, so, so obviously like there is, there is that whole thing. And like, I think it's called the Goldilocks principle where it's like, we can't be the only ones and like mm-hmm. all the millions and trillions and trillions of stars and galaxies that there are out there. Yeah. 
in the infinite in the infinite universe. Not to cut you off, but uh, I'll let you get to that in a second. I just want to finish my point. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. No problem. But it's like. You know, it's so ridiculous that all this stuff just works and just so happens. So it's like, how can you sit there and be and like and like let your day be ruined because somebody took too long to order ahead of you in the coffee shop? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like just let the shit go. Perspective. Life is life is hilarious, and I think that that uh, spirituality kind of gives you a little the ability to detach yourself from the physical representation of who you are and mm. you can kind of mm. kind of separate yourself like a spiritual practice a practice in which you are connecting with you you're not connecting with your body you're not working on your muscles you're not worried about calorie counts you're not worried about technique or punching or kicking or looking good or being good or mm. acting good or saying the right thing or writing your book or making your YouTube video mm. none of it you're not worried about any of it you're just connecting with the essence and energy that is you and just mm -hmm. focusing on your breath and it kind of gives you a second where you have these make these connections and these realizations that you you are not you you're not your body you're you're you mm -hmm. and what that is we have no idea what that is what mm -hmm. that consciousness is we have no idea and mm -hmm. we are all experiencing that together right you know we're all experiencing that together and it gives it it, it makes you realize that we're all we're all in it together, mm -hmm. that there is no national boundaries, like that we're all just living on this rock at the same time, mm -hmm. experiencing the same things, and maybe the news isn't everything that's happening. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like, like little things that makes life a little bit easier mm -hmm. and makes you kind of a beacon of light for the people that are around you where you can kind of be a grounding point, I feel sure. like. It helps you help other people through helping yourself, yeah. if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Agree. John. Yes. Well, uh, as you guys were talking about uh, Sifu and just how genuine they are and it's like what you see is what you John, get John, 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 see John's buffering from 10 minutes ago oh uh, yeah it's, 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 it's just, exactly just loaded exactly. video just started playing <laughs> yeah no I saw this this has been ruminating a bit within my uh, spaghetti alien monster piloting the meat gundam also known uh, as my central nervous system. meat gundam is my favorite thing to call the human body yeah, yeah it's an ed term ed coined it I'm not taking any credit for that that's meat all you gundam. brother that's so funny yeah 100% um, but basically uh, I once heard somewhere that God, instead of being some kind of deity, you're like a man in the sky that watches you masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, I know. God is, a, He's just like, is the embodiment. Turn yeah. the hand over. It'll be better, I swear. Uh, Wait, open a new tab. <laughs> <laughs> open, open another one. You got to check this out. No, but <laughs> So God is basically, instead of viewing him as a man in the sky, kind of like the, the gatekeeper, you know, the, the guy with the rule book who's jotting down all the times so you did a naughty um, I've, I've heard somewhere that God is the embodiment of truth. Mm. So, and when you act on the embodiment of truth or you, you, you conjure up the spirit of truth or what you see as true, um, not like, I don't mean to channel the term, like it's my truth, you know, cause it's, that's bullshit. Like you, there is a truth or it's not, you know, and what the truth is a center point in being an honest person, you know? And so, and when you act mm. on what's true, you're inherently acting on what's good. Mm. You, you know? inherently so, feel better. Right, because yeah. if, you know, the term living a lie is you're not acting um, with the truth in mind, you're hurting yourself and everyone around you when you're not embracing the truth and acting on it. And uh, conjuring up the spirit of truth is essentially what, um, you know, like, what God is supposed to represent, to me at least, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like when it, Jordan Peterson's talking about, like, you're in hell now. Right. You're in hell right. now because right. you know, regardless of the facade that you put on on the outside, you're in hell now. It's not about later that you're going to be punished. It's like you're being punished right now. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, uh, there, there was more to it than, than than that, but it's like, it's essentially, yeah, if you Take act on what's true. Take your time and get there. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just but if if you're not an honest person, people can freaking tell and they don't like it. You know, like there was one time when I was on uh, just for my my uh, my buddy's bachelor party, went on a cruise and they had karaoke. My friends and I like to sing. And uh, there's one DJ they had. Picture John drunk being like, "You lost that love and feeling." (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh, that love feeling. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, and so there was this one DJ who he was this duplicitous like. He always talked with the DJ voice, you know. Yeah. Um, oh. But he like, w- like you could tell it wasn't. Nobody him. talks like this. Hey, yep. Thanks for yep. coming to karaoke and like, so we put in for one song. Welcome to the Marshall Mind Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, anyway. That. So and we put it for a song. We all sang, and more people put it for their songs. And I wanted to do another one, you know, because it was like seven thirty. The night was still young. And uh, he's like, sorry. Not at my age. The machine okay. is broken. Look, it's frozen. It's not working. I'm like, but it's playing music and people are singing along. It's not fucking broken. He's like, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. And I'm like, this guy's fucking lying. Like, this guy is lying to us. You could just say, hey, man, we're not taking any more songs. You know, it's okay. You know, yeah. we have enough. You could just fucking say that. But it's, yeah. he's like, no, the machine's frozen. It's not working. I'm sorry. Please come again tomorrow. Because he's and, avoiding conflict. Right, because he's not looking the truth in the face. He's not acting on behalf of the truth. He's and, a big bitch. Yeah, it's, he's, he was being a big old bitch, and I didn't like it. The following <laughs> night... They had another guy who was like he was a student. I think he was like earning college credits, like in, in hospitality, like being aboard the cruise, and and so he's like, yeah, man, just you know, we're we're only doing one song a person tonight, so you know, it's that's where we're at. And even though the same barrier was put up, we were only saying one song. Right. And that was your it. reaction like, to it was different. It was it, it felt better. It was like, well, you know, thanks for telling me the truth. It's like, yeah, that's okay, fine. Yeah, we can't we can't go all night. You know, we'll just move on somewhere else. I'm sure one guy was like, what do you mean one song? And then the guy was like, I know how I'll get out of this. I'll just lie. Yeah, and he's yeah. I'm sorry. The machine is broken. Yeah, because he lied to avoid the truth, and it's like because he didn't want to deal with it, and it's like. Meanwhile, this kid is like, yeah, sorry, man, we're just, we're not taking any more songs. You know, just one person. I'm like, yeah, okay, man. You know, like, yeah. I respect it. And, you know, you can see that and that they're honest or acting on the truth. The same thing applies to Sifu and to all of our Sifus. They're just, they're, they're, they're truthful people. They're honest. And you can tell, you know, because there's no duplicity. They're, they don't, what you see is what you get. They're, they're, they don't change who they are based on who they're talking to and, yeah. you know, what the situation is. They're not trying yeah. to get a leg up anyone. Yeah, they really don't. Yeah, because, yeah. like, that that dishonesty can also be indicative of people's motivations. Yeah. So it's like that. Like weird that's vibes from people. And you're yeah. like, what are you trying to do? Because yeah, why else are you, are you lying if you're not trying to get something out of it or yeah. trying to protect yourself from something, yeah. you know? 100%. So. It's very weird. Were you finished? I'm sorry. I don't want to cut pretty, you off. That's pretty much where sure? I think I was going. I, okay. I don't know. I kind of, like... You know, sloppily trudge no, my way there. But no, I, it's I think the podcast. I think <laughs> no, I, I think I think you're, you're hitting a good point of just that there is something, and, and and again, to me, I think based off our perspective, we look at these things as more spiritual than just social or societal. Of like, there's something to be said about humans, kind of naturally, for the most part, being oriented towards truth. Yeah, like we're calibrated towards like, oh, that feels weird. Again, even for ourselves, when you lie. Why do you feel worse that you lie compared to telling the truth? Like yeah. why? Like what? What would be the reasoning for that physical response? Like there's an energy there that we just don't understand, and I hate to say it. And like there's like a fucking energy, bro. You know what I mean? Like you know, like like, like there's. I don't mean to say it like that, but I mean like you know, think about it. Like regardless of the language that you're speaking, you mm-hmm. know when people are angry, sad, asking a question, telling you something, making a demand. You might not know what they're saying, but how they're saying it mm-hmm. is indicative of 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 the 
meaning behind mm-hmm. the words. Right. You know what I mean? So I, when I said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, off, I'm but, I'm just rambling. Go. Oh, yeah. good. Well, and, but like that. Oh, says, good. That's ex- mm-hmm. sorry. I, <laughs> no, no, I'm so excited. He's done. No. Shut up. <laughs> nice. No, <good>. Nice. Score. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice car. <laughs> nice. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. But. <laughs> ah! But sorry, what, what, I was, what I was saying before about conjuring up the spirit of truth is exactly what that pit in your stomach when you lie is. Is that you've you conjured up another spirit. The spirit of truth is no longer there. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there I mean, you don't some... have that pit. You're a sociopath. Yeah. Yes. So there, you're a godless and scary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's but that's what I mean. You know, like we're, we're conjuring up like whatever. We're acting on certain forces. You could feel it happening within you. It's not weird to say that there's energy. Or, or that you can feel the energy of something because it's true, you know. If, like you're, that's what you're feeling, you yeah. know. And uh, and I think that has a lot to do with it. So I think that's um, I think it's a wonderful place to cool to cap. I think it's a wonderful place to cap that topic for right now. Um, if you guys are Discord members, please, you know, tell us what spirituality means to you. Tell us your experiences, uh, or if it's something you don't dabble with at all, we'll we'll we'd love to hear and are open to all perspectives and interpretations of what it means to you. Or if you have any other cool stories about anything, those are cool too. Yeah. You know? And yeah. memes. I like cool stories and memes. So today we're going to be working off of the ShaolinTaiChiCenter.com. Um, they have a pretty concise article about the history of the Shaolin Temple, and then we can go to the wiki and for more, more of whatever interests us, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So it says, The Shaolin Monastery or Shaolin Temple is a Chan Buddhist temple in Danfang County, uh, Henan Province, China. The temple's name refers to the forests of the Shaoxi Mountains, one of the seven peaks of the Song Mountains, dating back 1,500 years. Shaolin Temple is the main temple of the Shaolin School of Buddhism to this day. The Shaolin Temple was built in 495 AD by Emperor Zhao Wen of the Northern Wei Dynasty for the Indian monk Batuo. 32 years later, another Indian monk, Bodhidharma, arrived at Shaolin Temple. He was the first monk to preach Chan doctrines here and thus was honored as the first patriarch of Chinese Chan. Which is, you know, it's pretty cool to think that, like, it has such a rich history. And it's not just a martial arts school. Like, it's a temple that so happens to do martial arts, you know? Right. Um... Thereafter, Shaolin Temple was recognized as the origin of Chan Buddhism. In addition, martial arts have been practiced at the temple throughout its history. A legend has it that Bodhidharma found the monks weak and unhealthy after long meditation sessions, so he developed martial arts to strengthen them. This formed the basis of Shaolin Kung Fu. The unique combination of Shaolin Kung Fu and Chan Buddhism is the essence of Shaolin culture. So can we look... At what Chan Buddhism is and what the difference is with Chan Buddhism and other Buddhism, I feel like it's a more akin to Taoism. Like okay. there's their sisters of I'm one another. I'm also pretty sure Chan Buddhism and Zen Buddhism are. Oh, the all caps just gets me every time. Yeah. Yeah. What is Chan Buddhism? What is it? We're in cruise right. control, bro. So from the, uh, can we zoom in a little bit? I'm blind as fuck. Oh yeah. Um, so from, that's actually, that? that's actually kind of all right, but maybe a little out, just a little bit, just a little, just out, just a tad. All right. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Not perfect. All right. Back in. So, okay. So yeah, yeah, that's good. That's perfect. So this is from, uh, is this from Stanford? Plato.stanford.edu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stanford Encyclopedia yeah. of Philosophy. Thank you very much. Uh, Chan Buddhism. 
The Chan school is an indigenous form of Chinese Buddhism that developed beginning in the 6th century and subsequently spread to the rest of East Asia. Japanese Zen, Korean San, Vietnamese Tian, I think that's how you say that. Um, oh, Tian, like Tian, like Tian. Like Dragon Ball Z. All right, anyway. Oh, yeah. um, that guy. Although the cinegraph Chan transliterates the, scans- the Sanskrit dhyana uh, or meditation, the Chan Zong can thus be translated as the meditation school. Chan was not distinctive within Chinese Buddhism in its use of meditative techniques. What distinguished Chan were its novel use of language, its development of new narrative forms, and its valorization of the direct and embodied realization of Buddhist awakening. In contrast with the epistemic, uh, what the fuck is that word? Hermeneutical? Hermeneutical. I got a college degree. Hermeneutical and metaphysical concerns that shaped other schools of Chinese Buddhism, Chan's defining concerns were experiential and relational, concerns that fit most comfortably, perhaps, with the horizons of philosophical anthropology. Appreciating the philosophical dimensions of Chan thus requires some familiarity with Buddhist thought and practice and the dynamics of their infusion into Chinese culture. This is like a smart person yeah, article. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, I don't have enough brain for all this. I feel like there, I feel like I'm getting a... Uh, Can we go to a dumb person article that just sums it up real quick? You want me to just tell you about it? <laughs> I can just tell you about Chan Buddhism. Dude, that, dude, dude listen to that article. Sounded it's a like, kind of I sound, Buddhism. It sounded like there was, it was like a, I was at a bar on like a politically, a, a political uh, philosophy like uh, doctorate student was trying to sleep with me. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, actually, the, the, the anthropological morphism kind of... The fuck was, are you saying? That was quite... Let's take another look. <laughs> let's try that again. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted looking at it. <laughs> oh, there's an introduction. That, that, was that the, wasn't the introduction? Oh! Oh! Alright, we did it. <laughs> this is like a thesis, yeah. Can we back out we, of this? We were not ready. For that much chance. That's a lot, maybe, yeah. There, can we find, like, an explainer video that maybe has, like, a sock puppet or something? Or? Maybe one we can, like, color with? <laughs> How about, you know? Wait. Are there any of that, like, uh, pictures that pop out? Uh, I like the ones with the pop-out pictures. And... How about, what is the difference between Zen and Chan Buddhism? Why don't you go there? Uh, right here? Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's the biggest mis- misconception. Chan oh. Buddhism and Zen Buddhism are essentially the same... Ah, essentially. Chan Buddhism and Zen Buddhism are essentially the same tradition, but with different names in different cultural and linguistic contexts. Linguistic. Linguistic. Jesus Christ. Well, it looks like the difference between Zen Buddhism and Chan Buddhism are uh, similar to uh, the difference between um, uh, spaghetti and noodles. It's almost the same. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's literally. It looks like. Let's it, go to the article at Cora. That's for dumb people Quora. like me. Quora. Yeah, that's that's more our speed. Look at this. Yeah. Little yeah. answers. Oh, yeah. Only Look like two that. or three sentences. Got, I'm liking they this. Got numbers. I know most of those words in there. All right. Look at that. Boom. That's a colon. I know that. <laughs> Bam. Mahayana. We're done. God damn it. All right. Um. What is this? what's the difference between Chan Buddhism and Zen Buddhism? Let's see. This guy apparently knows. Or does he? Is a predecessor and Chinese ancestor Japanese Zen Buddhism. Is there more to this? Like if, if you click it, it's like the, this is like a somebody's Facebook. Like, no, but go go. Core <laughs> is a conversation. Yeah, it's page. like a question. But see, see, they d go back, go, go down. down, go down. So so you right see, there. they d like if you, if you click that, is they there d- more? Uh, like they it, they d though. Oh, for you. Oh, you uh, fucking whore. piece of shit. Everything's got a paywall. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? Let me let me, let me, me spend some money on Quora. 100%. Yeah, there's value there. Yeah. 
Let's see here. All right, this is this seems good. We can just we this can just is, go right. Like, oh, succinct. this is small. All right, so let's cut out all that and go right to this. No, honestly, I think we should keep it. I think uh, that's. I think I, I. I think we should keep that whole first attempt. I, I think, think shenanigans was... are good. All right. All right, but this this looks way more our speed. This is this way is more good. our speed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this hors d'oeuvre for dumb people that we have here. That link.springer.com. You know, that whole last article was a lasagna. This is a bagel bite. Yeah, I'm with yeah, this is what I need. That's, that's, that's the level of complexity I need right now. Um, <laughs> if you can microwave it, I'm on board. <laughs> there we go. you got to use a toaster oven. All right. Small on the outside, hot as the sun on the inside. All right. Chan Buddhism is a major Chinese. <laughs> just reminded me. He tried, he tried to microwave pasta. It's like, hey, here's your hot bowl with frozen spaghetti, you fat piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, the ah, then you go to eat. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> the microwave calling you a fat piece of shit. So here's your hot bowl with cold spaghetti. Oh, shit dude. In. The, the, <laughs> We're eating leftover rigatoni bolognese the other day, and the new cat is just like, ah! and like just like scooped like three rigatoni and like half a pound of ground beef out of my bowl. Just like, ah! you know, like he's, okay? he's he's out of he's, his mind. He's asserting he's dominance. out of his mind. And then we locked him in the bathroom because that always sounds like animal cruelty. We we placed him into the bathroom, and closed the door, so we could eat in peace. And we left him in there with water and everything. But then he's like, it's he's crying on the other side of the door as if he wasn't just like, give me your fucking plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's literally like, like standing on the table, like. <laughs> he's, he's like at like a su- he's like on a subway, like collecting people's purses. He's like, come on, what do I do? Come on, come on, come on! Collecting, yeah. you mean taking? Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, back, back to back of Chan Buddhism that we are disgraces of because we can read. Yeah. Chan Buddhism is a major Chinese Buddhist sect attributed to Bodhidharma that emphasizes attaining Buddhahood enlightenment right the supreme buddhist religious goal through enlightenment of one's own mind which subsequently spreaded to japan is spreaded the right word i don't know i don't, think I don't the know right but word. i definitely want to live in the which subsequently <laughs> spread it all i know is that whoever wrote this is just as smart as i am <laughs> subsequently, um, subsequently spread to japan we both have geds subsequently spread to japan and named as zen I just love the, the like you're like this is the Mad Hatter wrote. Subsequently, spread it. Spread it. Would you like some tea? Oh, Alice. No, you're, you, you've started him on one of his many impressions what? that he does all day long. <laughs> what do you mean? He's going to go into his Hey Peters after this. It's going to be a fucking problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, Piggy doing karate. Hey, Peter. <laughs> you want to try some MDMA? <laughs> I have seven to twelve holes in my brain. I might have some syphilis. Yeah, that's what he had. Syphilitic insanity. Well, mercury poisoning. Does that yeah. give you syphilis? That's why they're mad hatters, because they had mercury poisoning. They all went crazy. We did mention this in a prior episode, we but did. I'm okay with bringing it up one more time. <laughs> we gotta bring yeah. it back. Bring them back. Yeah, every, we can every, talk like we... 13 episodes. We bring up mad hatters. I'm yeah. Okay yeah. We're yeah. like a set of mad hatters. Specifically 13. Yeah, I mean, um, all right, so, so let's go. Here we go. We're back. We're back, baby. So... Uh, in Chan Buddhism, the word Chan comes from dhyana in Sanskrit, which refers to meditation, which we, same, th- I think they plagiarized the other one. Um, uh, samadhi, one pointed concentration of, or perfect absorption, but nevertheless goes beyond the meaning of dhyana uh, to become the manifestation of wisdom with simultaneous perfect composure of the mind. So, enlightening yourself, you know, enlightening yourself. Uh, is, is there more, though? Let's see. I hope, you know... Uh, With its focus on personal enlightenment of the mind in the present life, Chan Buddhism is characterized 
from the other Buddhist sect. This is exactly what I was looking for. Mm. So I'll start that again. With its focus on personal enlightenment of the mind in the present life, Chan Buddhism is characterized from the other Buddhist sects by its disrespect for religious rituals, sacred texts, godly figures, or intellectual understanding, but instead emphasizes on meditation, intuition, master-student relationship, and practicing and realizing within the mundane here and now life. So that's really interesting. I, th- you know, damn. I, I I do hear a lot like when you start watching videos on, on Buddhism or like if I've ever like really got into it, especially like when I first started training, I was like, what is Buddhism? What is it all about? Mm. And I was watching this thing that was basically like the, the story of the Buddha, like the story of the Buddha. And in the story of the Buddha, there's lots of Hindu gods mm. and there's him like under a tree and he's meditating demons away. And like there's all this crazy shit that's yeah. happening around it. And I think Chen Buddhism, Chan Buddhism, um, is more, um, about the self and, 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 and this life now where mm-hmm. I think what it's saying is that other practices are more about the, um, religious rituals of things mm-hmm. and kind of like, there is no I, there is only Zool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there is only the full flying spaghetti oh monster. My God. Oh. <laughs> hey, who brought the dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good Ghostbusters reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you know what I mean? Where it, where it seems like, and that I guess is also then why Kung Fu would become such a integral part of Chan Buddhism um, and why there's also, you know, the uh, in, in the Wudong Temple, um, Taoism, mm. there's also that martial practice as well yeah. because it helps you center yourself. Mm. Like Sigong says all the time, uh, savage the body to spirit the mind, mm. you know, like you make, you, you do all this crazy shit with your body and these things are becoming more of a mainstream idea now too. Like, mm. you know, like you discipline your body, you train physically and you get your ass up and work out every day because it helps you master your mind. Mm. So back to the history of Shaolin. Uh, again, this is from ShaolinTaiChiCenter.com. Um, it says, Situated at the central peak of Song Mountain, the temple was frequented by the generals and emperors of China. Until its modern renaissance, the golden age of the monastery is said to have been during the Tang Dynasty, which is 618 to 907 AD. At the beginning of the 7th century, a tiny army of 13 Shaolin monks was reputed to have saved future Tang Dynasty Emperor Li Ximin. When he assumed the throne, Li showered favors, land, and wealth on the temple. It thrived as the center of Kung Fu, with masters from all around the country. Shaolin Temple peaked in the Ming Dynasty, 1368 to 1644, and began to decline in the Qing Dynasty, 1644 to 1911. At its heyday, it housed more than 3,000 monks. Its long history includes destructions and reconstructions, with the most devastating one being in 1928, when warlord uh, Shi Yaosan set the temple ablaze for more than 40 days destroying nearly all of its classics and records. Upon successive renovation, most of Shaolin Temple has been restored or is under reconstruction. Shaolin Monastery and its Pagoda Forest were inscribed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2010 as part of the historic monuments of Denfang. Um, It's amazing to think of all the wisdom, knowledge, history and factual representations of what really went on in the past that has been destroyed by brutish 
warlords. Yeah, the same. Library of Alexandria. Yeah, Shaolin Temple. Yeah. I mean, like, how yeah. much? How much is lost? I mean, there's that Napoleon quote that uh, you know, history or lies agreed upon. Mm-hmm. You know, or history is lies agreed upon. Um, it, it it's it's amazing to think that like you know where we're living in this narrative. Uh, they brought this up on Schultz the other day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if they did this to you when you were growing up, but like when I learned about the Civil War in high school, they told us that it was about states' rights and not about slavery. State right. So to they just, what? Yeah, they just they just they just <laughs> al- they altered history to make teaching it to kids convenient. Mm-hmm. You know well, what I mean? But that's the thing is that it's it, that's not factually incorrect, but it's like states' right. Yeah, to but it's what? like but it's like come on to slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why our economy is based on slavery. Hey, whoa! It's it's yeah, it's it's economic. You're right, but because they used. Slavery. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what slavery. Slavery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we gotta cut that. Keep out. clicking the slave button. <laughs> no, that, that is. I not, want more. That is not staying in Any there. Any southern state. Give no, me. It. Stop it, Ryan. Stop it. Bad. You have a slave button too. It's right here. Oh no. I forget who I heard say this, but basically, when you look at the history books and who wrote them, oh, it turns out that the good guys won every time. Would you look at that? It says it right here. In the book they wrote, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, winners, the good guys, <laughs> you know. It's like someone writing an autobiography, and he goes, and that's when I became king of the world, you know? <laughs> like, Don't well, you remember those years when I was king? Right? You know? <laughs> yes. Being gaslit by a book I bought for $16. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I bought this at the airport because they said it was a must read, you know? Like, <laughs> being gaslit at a Hudson News. <laughs> at the JFK terminal. <laughs> I just want a bottle of smart water and some Skittles. Please stop. Please, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to spend my $50 on breakfast. That'll be $40. Yeah, a buttered roll and a bottle of smart water. That'll be seventy-eight dollars. Like, oh yeah. Cool, when you're tra- you. when you're traveling for you, you're like, God, this is expensive. When it's all a write-off and a business expense, you're like, Skittles, 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 Skittles. Let's go, dude. I of yesterday in the city, I went to um, I picked up a bottle like that electrolyte. Um, it's almost like a Seven Eleven brand electrolyte water. It's kind of like Pedialyte. Mm. And I, I crack it open. The seal cracked, and I tasted it, and it tasted like tap water. And I was like, this is, there's something wrong with this. And, like, mm. and I'm just looking at the label, and it looked like shrink, like like it was shrink-wrapped on. And I'm like, did I just buy, like... like Knock-off water? Like, tampered with electrolyte water? Like, yeah. That's no, like oh, good no. New York water. You can make good pizza with it. It's got a lot of fluoride. That's what they need. Fluoride and yeast. Take that, make some blue raspberry bagels. You know, <laughs> like, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> this can make about a dozen bagels as uh, water. For sure, and you give everyone... Cancer, <laughs> but that yeah. Where's Erin Brockovich when you need her? You know what I mean. <laughs> but but yeah, now talk about like newsstand hydration. I tried it. Newsstand uh, hydration. Thumbs down on that, bro. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, well, it 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 is funny. It's like you know, like it's like so much of history has been lost and rewritten by the victors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, well, we'll never really know what's real, which I think is also kind of a, a bright side thing about Chan Buddhism that it just kind of like lets you be with you in the here and now lets you kind of appreciate the here and now a little bit more and mm. also then understand the importance of the here and now because mm. that is all that exists mm. and with that I think we will get back to more of the history of the Shaolin Temple next time you guys let us know there should be a little poll there if you're on Spotify or if you have us on Instagram uh, shout us out some questions on things you'd like us to dive deeper into on the next episode I was fully prepared to submit a um, suggestion in the Spotify poll thing just anonymously. Like, why is Ryan so ugly? <laughs> you know, What's up like, with that? Yeah, look at this you kid. just make 35 accounts on Discord. Why is Ryan horrible looking? Hey, listen. listen every be less dumb? <laughs> every, every, every media outlet needs a handsome Ryan. There's Ryan Gosling. There's Ryan Reynolds. Right. And now, 
we we'll find one eventually. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there we go. There he is. Go on, say something to the camera. There, oh, look at that. Yeah. That's the face of a uh, blue steel. <laughs> right, right. It's like, Ryan, Ryan's been smoking so many cigarettes, he lost his lower jaw. You know? <laughs> Where'd it go? Yeah. So something I uh, has been coming up a lot for me in conversation that I felt like would be poignant to talk about on the show, and I'm sure it's something that we've touched on or talked about in the past, but we recorded an episode and I can't remember it because I have three brain cells, so whatever. <laughs> um, but the concept is if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? So if you don't pose the question even to the universe, mm-hmm. the answer is always no. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, bro. It's 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 true. It's like you have to put action towards it. Otherwise, it's like asking into the void. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, what do you want for dinner? And then you just sit on the couch and do nothing about it. You know, it like so. Just green beans. So the, like, the, God damn the, it. the question comes with action. But however, this video, I think, will sum sum it up if we can watch this together. Yes, uh, this one. The first one. Not the one that says this video made me feel like a bitch. <laughs> no, 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 that did make me feel like a bitch. We're gonna get to that. So is it? But this, so, no, no, no. This. Yeah, thank you. Section three. Yes. Okay. YouTube. Bigger or better? So this is just a wholesome, inspiring YouTube short. Do you have something bigger or better you would trade this BB for? I don't use it. Okay. Thank you. Anything bigger or better than this paddle holster? If you want, you can try. That is bigger. Ooh. Sling. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Thank you. This is more unique, so it's better. Sorry. Thank you. you can't qualify unique. Oh, yo. Roll it up. Roll it up. And a ball. It is bigger. So, can we pause this I know. So, to explain what's happening to the people who were just listening, if you haven't figured it out already, what's happening is this gentleman is at an airsoft field, I guess, and he is... Um, just asking people if they're willing to trade started with a just one one BB if they're willing to trade anything that's bigger or better than what he's currently holding and right now he's made it from a small BB to like a pretty nice looking uh, uh, camouflage shirt sweet so and now he's trading it for a gun no now he's armed I will take that people are gonna think that's staged alright let's do it dude you want this out of 249, though. I mean, look at it. I have to go with the 249. Yeah! Oh, my gosh. Dude. Awesome. Good deal. Thank you. No problem. Look, Chesapeake, Virginia. This brand new. What's your name again? Karen. You're the owner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your birthday. Right. It's my birthday. Okay. That's yours. Give me this? Yeah. Now I'm going to come back and play. Do you have something bigger right, or better? You would, yeah, so he cool. just trades up and up and up and up and up and up and up until he gets like this like crazy expensive gun. Because I'm sure somebody had a collection and was like, I don't have that one. This is worth a little bit more, but mm-hmm. I'll take that, you mm-hmm. know? like, And it just gives it to somebody who's at the guy's business and it's their birthday, you know? But, I mean, I mean obviously, of course, the guy apparently is the owner of the place and I'm sure there's a little bit of incentive. But that's also, you could talk about that as just like kind of like using your charisma, mm-hmm. using what you've got, yeah. using whatever you have to kind of like get what you want to get. Not mm-hmm. about manipulating people, but there is kind of an aspect of how you say things determines how people are going to respond. So whether the question is... You're asking yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like, do I want this? Do I want to be this? Like, when I started my business, if I didn't ask, you know, if I didn't ask myself if this is what I really wanted, I would have never known it was what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And I would have never been able to be in business for myself. I would have never been able to do these things for myself. I would have never been, never been able to go from 
high school dropout to college graduate with his own business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would have never made that if I didn't ask any questions. And so regardless of what it is, it's not even just literally physically asking a question. You know what I mean? Like, can I do Kung Fu? Can I train? Uh, I guess I better start. So if I don't ask, if I never asked myself that question of can I start, the answer would have always been no. Can I afford tuition? I don't know. Let's find out. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, like, because I see that all the time. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it's too far. And it's like, fuck you. I lived in Babylon. I lived 45 minutes away from the school when I first started training. Mm -hmm. Or Kings Park at first. Kings Park and then Babylon. So I went from half an hour to 45 minutes away and still kept training. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I literally, people were like, well, you know, I got this job. And uh, the boss wants these hours, so I just can't make it to class. And I was like, really? Because I worked at Midas, and I was like, you guys close at 7, but I got to leave at 6. And they were like, why? I'm like, because I train at a school. I got to be there at 7 o'clock. And they'd be like, that's insane. I'm like, well, I'm not staying. I'm leaving at 6 o'clock. So, like, peace. See you later. Mm. I didn't get to keep that job. But it was also a shit job. Mm. So, you know, like, whether or not the pay is great, if the job isn't aligning with your goals, is it that important? Or is where you're going to be in the next five, six years? I feel I feel like sometimes we live so in the moment. Maybe not really even in the moment. But I feel like we, we, we kind of, like, go on this hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And we just start going through the motions and going through mm-hmm. the motions and going through the motions and next thing you know you realize you're you're 34 like I am and you look back and you've done nothing like I can't imagine being this age and not I already have things I regret that I didn't mm-hmm. do or that I haven't done yet so I can't imagine if I had never actually chased any of my dreams mm-hmm. I've spent the past 12 years trying really fucking hard at my dreams mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the only one that I regret that I'm not doing currently is music and I literally have the rest of my life to touch it and I I just I just spent I, I actually like uh, last night I just bought like $120 in, in, in music theory books for guitar Oh, so well, I can cool. like so I can start again you know but that, that's what I'm saying like so it's like do I have the time for it I don't know but like I, I'm gonna make the investment mm-hmm. I have the books forever and then if I can find the time for it then I'll keep mm-hmm. Working towards it. So is, it, is there a, a moment in your life where you ask that question? I feel like we've done this topic before, but I feel like it's poignant to do again. You're like, what does that mean to you? Like, what is that the, the first thing that comes to your mind when you think to yourself, like, if you don't ask, the answer is always no, and then a situation in your life pops into your brain? Like, what, what pops into your brain? We'll let John buffer for the next 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, I think I need to buffer too. <laughs> I think for me, a lot of it has to do with more on the I think like uh, business and film end so like you know both on the, I've, I've noticed stuff like that both on the um, you know like going up and talking to people at like networking events or, or or just you know be like oh what do you think about this or can I do this or oh perfect example actually very recently um, I for the, for, for the last two years I've been trying to get into like real estate videography and working with like architecture firms and things like that and I actually, you know, we, you know, work with one for, for Sivunik at the school. But outside of that, I've been, you know, because I'm out east all the time when I was, like, doing Uber Eats and, and I just, like, being out there. So, like, you know, you know you pass, like, the really high-end, like, real estate firms and, and architecture firms and, like, you know, construction, you know, and, and contractors and stuff. And I would, like, I would, like, email them all the time. And for, like, a year I emailed. I, I just sent, like, tons and tons and tons of emails with literally no... No correspondence back, no response. Um, and there was this one place. Um, there, there was uh, two or three places that recently, after like probably six months to a year, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna fucking cold call them because like I'm tired of 
not getting literally an answer back. Not even just like a, like not even getting back like, hey, no, we don't need anyone. Like there's like no response. So I literally eat one of the places I, I, I cold call was a place that I emailed, I think like twice, like once or twice and I got no response and I'm like, all right, I'll just, whatever, I'll call them. And I ended up speaking to one of like, it was a, I think it was an architecture firm out East and I ended up uh, calling them and I ended up getting uh, one of like the directors there and I like gave the whole spiel because of course I'm all nervous about like giving the whole spiel about like what I do and it's, you know, what if it's too silly? What if it's this? What if it's that? I'm going to get rejected. And, I'm, and I just like told him what I did and he was just like, huh. He's like, that's interesting. He goes, well, how would you do, how would that work for us? And immediately is interested. Like immediately mm-hmm. is interested. And it literally went from like someone I emailed twice to where, to, to like being like, oh, they're not interested in me. Clearly, because I emailed them twice. You, why, you look at your emails. Why are you not answering me? To literally a phone call that progressed into, yeah, well, listen, I'll take a look at your work and, you know, I'd, we'd love to have you come down to the office one day and we can talk and if it seems like it's a real meeting of the minds and seems good, we'd love to bring you on board and have you have you help us help us what we're doing with like a, with like a pretty big architecture firm in like the Hamptons. Like, just because I, I like cold called them at like 3.30 on like a Thursday. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's Stuff like, like that. It, that is it, fantastic. Yeah, congratulations yeah. to you. That's awesome. Yeah, you were yeah. telling me about it the other day, but yeah. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, thank but you. But it's, it's like, it's like asking a girl out in high school. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like if you're if you like hand a note to your friend, she's gonna write no on that piece of paper. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And also, if you're like, "Hey, me, you, Thursday, pizza, and dick sucking, let's go." You know? like, <laughs> oh. yeah, don't talk to people like that. That's don't do that. Like, <laughs> that guy's gonna be in court for sex crimes at some point in the future. Oh my god! I, why do I say shit like this? I say it, and I immediately regret it. But it was funny. Um, <laughs> That's why you said it. Yeah, but was but, funny. But like, but like, you know, it's obviously coming on way too fucking strong. So, but if you're just yeah. like, "Hey, like on Thursday, I'd love to get something to eat. What are you doing?" That's a little bit more direct, and there's more. They have to respond. Yeah, they, there has to be a response there, yeah. and the response is generally going to be honest. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have them cornered. Stop it! Hi. No. Also, there's a knife to their neck in this scenario. Um, Considering you feel unsafe, you want to get pizza on Thursday? But no. So, like, what I'm what, what I'm what I'm, what I'm saying is the email is indirect, so people can look at that and brush it off very yeah. easily. Yeah. When they're actually speaking to you, even though yeah. it's just over the phone, it's like, oh, this guy's like on the phone right now. All right, I'll give him a couple seconds of my time. Yeah, because it's it's easier yeah. to parse that and oh, actually get to talk to you and get a feel for who you are as an individual. Because he seemed pleasantly surprised that I called. He was mm-hmm. just like, he was like, oh, he's like, oh, okay. Uh, what do you like? Like, it seemed like something that, like, based off his response, they clearly need or want or maybe have had conversations about. And it mm-hmm. just kind of like, because it's not only just like me selling myself to them and me and and like I'm I'm like I am I'm in the I'm kind of uh, on the chopping block. It's also like, what if you call someone like that? And they're like, oh, we've been looking for this. And it just, like, fell in our lap because someone was proactive and decided to call us. It's like, that's, you know. But similar thing, too, even, like, on, on a smaller scale, even with um, on the film end, you know, like, being on film shoots and, like, us running, you know, us running behind. And, like, there's, like, a shot that I really want that, like, we should get. And, like, I'm talking to, like, the AD and he's like, no, we don't have time. We can't get it. You know, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, but what if we did get it? What if we just don't listen to you and get it anyway? And he was like, you know, like there was one shot where we were shooting this this scene with like the family that we were shooting for this film at a beach, and I was like, and I was like, all right, we have the two, um, we have this whole moment of of the the mom and the two sisters in the ocean, and then the mom is up at the beach, and the two sisters are kind of having this nice moment where they're coming back to coming out of the water, and we need this like big kind of like side view wide shot of like them coming out of the ocean with like nice landscape in the background, and then we got it. 
and it was like so worth it. You know what I mean? Like just to, but that, but that, you know, kind of ne- I needed to break out of my kind of people pleasing mentality. Yeah, okay, oh, sure thing. Okay, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I, I totally, I totally love doing what yeah. you want me to do. You know, stuff like that. And then it's like worth it. You know, you see the the fruits of that breaking into that. You know, that uh, that discomfort. You right. know, but those those two things are probably the biggest biggest things for me. And th- and this whole conversation has reflections of what I was talking about earlier and embodying the truth. Because what mm. you're doing is acting on what's true to you mm. and, and speaking your truth into existence. So that's, and, a, that's and, a good point. So like if you weren't genuine with yourself and you weren't self-aware, like the way that we, we described earlier, of what you truly want and what really sets you on fire, mm-hmm. you can't speak the truth about it. And so you, you'll never attain it. But if you 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 know what you want and you act on it and you're truthful to yourself and you said no we should definitely get this shot mm. it manifests in a way that, that is meaningful to you. I think that's a really a really important way to kind of put all that together is that like live because also go back to what we spoke about earlier is like living that spiritual life is being aligned with truth but truth is not just like this is right I didn't act in that way and now it's wrong it's like truth like is you like you wore two types of linen now you get to be stoned it, to death right exactly you know? right, right, right. Eat shrimp well yeah. get the mill wheel <laughs> <laughs> now you have to die uh, but 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 more in the sense of again like oh you know there is this there is who you truly can be and who this kind of your higher self is trying to align you with right and it's that you know if you allow friction to be you know and kind of dissonance in between that to, to cause then you move away from truth and you kind of you live kind of this un unharmonious disharmonious I think unharmonious. Yes. Unharmonious life. Bad. Disharmonious. Disharmonious life. Not harmon. Not harmony. Unharmony. Deharmonied. Ungood. <laughs> <laughs> Very b- not. You know. Right. So it's. <laughs> right, right. Yes. What you said. Bad. Good. Ungood. Unharmony. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah. You you did that. You, you're you're proof for that. You, yeah. you 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 know the exact feeling of like. Hey, if I don't bring this up, I'm not being true to myself and my creative vision. Yeah. You know, being true to yourself is, hey, there it is, you know, the truth. Yeah. So it's not just a, like what Ryan said. It's not about fact or fiction. It's about, is this right to you? You know, yeah. is this is this setting you on fire or not? Or are you just going to, you know, let your, your passion and your fire just sit under a wet rag and never truly, you know, yeah. re- reach its full capacity? Yeah. You know, because, and that's what happens when you ignore the truth. And you didn't. And there have been these moments or what that is. And it's great. It is amazing. And yeah. I think something to guard gird people against is like it's when those prayers get answered, it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's you know, it doesn't just because you asked and the answer was yes and you got what you wanted, that sometimes then comes with with baggage mm. and comes with labor and with work. You know what I mean? Like they called you back, so now you got this fucking job to do. And that job might not go how you think it's gonna go. It mm. might need a lot of troubleshooting, a lot of working, and that guy might be a dick to you for mm. no reason at some mm. point in time. You know, you, you you don't know how it's gonna go. And it's just like when I was opening my office, um I called the gym. I didn't hear back from them for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I told him no. And I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I went to bed that night and I couldn't go to sleep. I'm like, something's wrong. I'm like, like I was afraid, you know. I'm like, I'm like, God, like all this rent for the room, and I'm already paying this much in rent, and I'm not making enough money at my job now. And how much money am I really gonna make there? And start with nothing, and then I'm gonna have to work all these jobs. And I don't know if I can do that, but it's like, but do I have to do this for myself? And it's like, yeah, I guess I kind of mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. you know. So like, I really do got to do this for myself. And so then. I did everything that I could, and I went to the bank, and I took out a loan, and they gave me half of what I asked for, mm-hmm. and I 
bought everything for the room and had nothing left. Mm. I had like $1,000 left of security money, which was not my rent payment. Mm. You know, like mm. I was like two-thirds of my rent payment, you know, yeah. and, and like – uh, and we still made it. Mm-hmm. We still made it. I worked seven days a week. You remember? Mm-hmm. I worked seven days a week for a long time. The beginning of the show, we would record real quick, and then I would go to work. Yep. You know? Yeah. We were, we would like record like oh we got we do forty five minute episodes. I gotta fucking go. You know what I mean? Like, and then other days where I'd call out because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like we got shit to do. And then eventually I stopped working on Tuesdays, and that became a show day. So I still work on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I just do this now. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, you know. It, you, you you find a way, you figure a way. Right. Sure. Right. You know, I feel like that that calling to the spirit of truth and, and that kind of like that message of being true to yourself happened to me when um there was one time at work. Not to cut you guys off, was there no, was continue. more to, more yeah, to wrap yeah, there? No, you're good. Just wanted to make sure. Uh and uh so there was one time I was working, this was years ago. This was um I think I might have been an EVS operator for like three or four years at this point so, relative, so you're like 22 23 something like that yeah, 23 this I, i'm i've been doing this shit 11 years guys so it's uh it was quite some time ago and like the the launching point for me happened when one of our operators uh on a show became ill like the, he wasn't understanding words or numbers and he wasn't able to perform his duties at any capacity so the suits pulled me into a room and we're like john like we need you to operate lead can you do it and the immediate immediately yes on the spot i've never done lead in my life at this point which lead involves editing and uh kind of taking on more responsibility like a lot of the playouts for the show and uh it was for a dog show the akc um back when they had him in new york city mm-hmm. uh i've been traveling around with them it's pretty sweet uh but yeah it was a, that moment of uncertainty but i knew i'd be uh, i i was i would be living a lie if i didn't say yes mm-hmm. it's like i'm here to do this shit you know like, so if I say no and I turn down that extra responsibility, um, then I, I wouldn't have been true to myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and like like Ed said, if when that happens and those things get, like, you got to call back, you know, this could lend um, an opportunity for more things you need to take care of, more mm-hmm. responsibilities. But the difference is when you get those responsibilities and they're aligned with, with what you really want mm-hmm. – willfully bearing a load mm. with regards to something that you are you feel you're destined to or you're passionate about or passionate about is not the same as just having a bunch of laundry bags like thrown on your shoulders you already carry these up the stairs you right. know it's like right. that's where you find purpose when mm-hmm. you're willfully bearing a load yeah. with your passion in mind and that's that's what happened here I, I had a, a pretty heavy assignment um, the, the, the woman told me she's like are you sure you could do this because another operator had a really hard time with it and she dropped a name that was like oh man that guy like does every Islander show like he's legit and he had trouble with it like and there's doubt mm-hmm. sure. but but I, I persevered I trudged through they said it I, I didn't just trudge through they said it was like the best show that they've had in a long time and wow. it was my first fucking time doing it yeah, yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't have had that chance if I didn't say yes yeah. and if, mm. if, if I didn't act on that the truth that I knew it's like I came here to do this you know yeah. like this yeah. is what I want to do not only are you going to have to ask the question, sometimes the universe is going to ask you the question, and yeah. you have to say yes. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if it comes yeah. with some extra some extra effort. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who think that things are impossible, um, I want you guys to pull this episode up on YouTube and and watch this next uh, YouTube short with us. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know what the noise was. <laughs> all, right, all right, this guy right here. 
Yeah, this video made me feel like a bitch. It, it's about to do it again. This is this is work. Had to go find a, a used tire up top. This is where we store them. Yeah, people just listening, this is a man you with no legs climbing a ladder, oh, oh, working as a mechanic. In, suck it in. Okay, I got it. <laughs> getting some tires down <laughs> no, from the top luckily, shelf. I didn't have to actually climb up on the I was a mechanic for a tire. long time. Uh, this stuff is not I easy. actually reach it. <laughs> it's not Sometimes easy. Tires are heavy. Up on top. Just yeah. being a mechanic, oh, just doing everything he's doing isn't easy I with all your limbs. Wait, are these two different guys? No, it's the same guy. One tried to cut a beard. In a lot of situations, in work, it's actually really handy uh, getting under cars, getting up inside of of a certain vehicle. I can work on a brake job or whatever I need right there on the ground. So it kind of is a benefit not having legs. Dude, holy shit! It's always funny to, especially, pull pranks on the customers. Um, to be working under a car and then have them come out and come out from under the car and you see their eyes get really big. <laughs> oh, I wasn't, wasn't expecting that. What's going on? Anytime I mean, the there's a customer really the going off, the, they say, the let, let me grab who worked on the car. And then, and then they'll bring me up and it's really hard for a customer to yell at the guy without legs. After losing his legs in a traffic collision at the age of six. Wow. Wow. The truck grabbed my legs and rolled me beneath the the wheels of that semi-truck. When the truck stopped, I was missing my left leg. It was completely gone. And my right leg was so beaten up that eventually they had to remove it. The doctors told my parents that if they if they did things for me if they treated me like an invalid then i would never be able to do anything on my own and so instead of treating me like an invalid my parents uh helped me figure out how to do whatever i wanted to do in fact my dad always said can't never did anything and won't never will can't never was a word that was acceptable in our house. I can't do it. No, no, that's not how it works. You can do it. You just have to figure out a way to make it happen. There's so many little adaptations that I use, uh, you know, a longer lever to push down on a bar or heck, just get stronger so I can do what what it, it helps having legs for. Getting after it. Well, I like to call it my booty because because it's on my, my it's on my butt. It's my boot that's on my butt. So I call it my booty. I mean, it's something you can't buy in a store. It's something that I've just had to build over the years. For me, when people say, why, why are you even working? You should get money, you know, disability money. I'm like, why, why would I want that one? I'm not disabled. <laughs> There's nothing disabled about me. That, that would indicate that I can't do something and I can work as much, if not more than anybody else. So when people look at disabilities as you can't work, I look at disabilities, okay, let's figure out how you can work. Wow. Casey continues to defy expectations and regularly competes in races and challenges. We're seeing him I do a Spartan race uh, right now and climb a wall. Kickboxing yet? I think kickboxing Jesus. would be pretty tough. That's <laughs> yeah, I got a groove there, pal. <laughs> it's never been a problem not having legs. I do absolutely everything that anybody else does uh, with legs. Here he is pouring oil into an engine. 
Wow. So I think that video speaks for itself. I'm a fan of that There's guy. There's me climbing sure. a ladder. And here it goes repeating. We were talking about this earlier. I hate when reels repeat. Wow. But that guy what? is an inspiration. That's why I wanted you guys to see it without me showing it to you. You know what I mean? I wanted you guys to see it first here. Cause that's like, wow. I'm wowed by that. Uh, yeah. I'm, so I'm yeah. I think that's that a perfect. Just, let's just roommate on that. I think that's a perfect place to end the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude. It's like, what don't limit you do? yourself. Don't be limited. You aren't limited. Yeah. Sounds good to me. No, well, I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Likewise. Thank you, everybody who who uh, follows the show and hangs out with us. Um, join the Discord. Be part of the conversation. Talk to each other. We can be there for each other uh, as far as tips, advice, feeling down. Don't feel like working out. Don't feel like getting after it. We're right there to... Uh, to keep you motivated and keep you going. Um, if you want to support the show and help us do this full time, you can become a patron today. And uh, I'll leave it to John to cue out the episode. Alrighty. Well, thanks to all of our followers and thank you to all of our listeners. And this has been the Martial Mind Podcast. Mm-hmm.